As business owners, entrepreneurs, family men, it's difficult for us to find the time to put together projects like these. Even though it's something we really want to do, unfortunately, taking care of the things we have to take care of comes first. However, because of viewer support for people like you, we're able to continue doing this. Please consider joining our Patreon and supporting the Burn and Return podcast. covering news from the agricultural and turf grass industries. Did you hear the D-Skit DJ scratch? You know what that means? It means it's time for another week of Set It On Fire and Rejoice! We are burning it down, and hopefully we'll get a little bit back here in the meantime. Uh, my name is Matt. The Grass Factor Barden, and I'm going to be your host tonight. And alongside me, I've got Mr. Ryan DeMay, Mr. Ray Ito. Gentlemen, how the hell are, well, at least Ryan, how the hell are you doing? Well, uh, you know, if I had done as much mountain biking and jet skiing as Ray did this weekend, I'd be frozen too. But I'm here in the flesh. <laughs> I'm keeping it real. Uh, got to travel out and go see uh, our our good friend. Mr. Ryan Nor this past weekend and check out some things Mr. he's doing Ryan and so Kinnor. he's he's killing it man it's gonna be gonna be really fun to see what comes up there but uh, a lot to get into this week a lot to get into here with these headlines because uh, I, I, there's one in here that I just learned of uh, this past weekend that we'll talk about I will probably share it during the burns we'll go ahead and throw it in it's not really like a whole headline it's more just like a snippet of information that I learned here. Uh, pretty, pretty frightening. So, without further ado, right? Why don't we jump into those headlines? Nothing to fear here. Said Sean Connery after taking a hit of air duster. Uh, <laughs> right here on the first one, the G seven egg. Why does it do this to me? Uh, the G7 Ag Ministers take aim at global fertilizer woes. Do they? I hope they do, because if anybody has not been paying attention, there is a lot, 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 a lot of things that need to be addressed. And we're actually going to be talking about another article that kind of lines up with it. And I'll just kind of read the highlights here. Uh, the ministers from the United States, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the Euro uh, European Union, agreed to increase funding and expand activities at the FAO's Agricultural Market Information System, AMIS, which monitors wheat, corn, rice, soybean products, providing transparency for supply data in countries around the globe. Uh, AMIS needs to do more of what it's already doing, but also monitor worldwide fertilizer prices and supplies, Vilsack said. The theory behind this is that we need to have an expanded and increased transparency in the pricing of grain and fertilizer. There is belief among many of us that there is speculation taking place in the grain markets, which can distort prices beyond actual market value which is obviously significant. Expanding Amos to include a review of a fertilizer market is also incredibly important given the high cost of fertilizer. Um, and why I think this is even worth mentioning here is, and where I start to get real trepidatious, and it's not to say, and, and I, I, I want to make this clear, I'm nervous about it, 
nervous about it, but I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. But when we were talking about the uh, 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 such a major oversight, a global oversight, you know, I feel like those fertilizer production and uh, uh, grain commodities or, or really kind of agricultural commodities, are they becoming, are, they, are we forming the next OPEC to watch this and regulate it? Because if that is the case, I want nothing to do with that. And, uh, and, and, and so it just, it gets weird. However, on the flip side of this, and I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, you know, is there, you know, price fixing that's taking place because of the amount of monopolization that's allowed to occur? Um, we, and we, we don't know, but what we, we do know is that market speculation does have a tremendous impact on that. And I can say that there are companies out there like Bloomberg that is uh, uh, heavily, heavily invested in boots on the ground to monitor these types of things. And it's not that difficult to get the information to point at why things are trending one way or another. And I would say that in all honesty, what we're seeing with prices right now does make sense given the scale of, of uh chaos that's occurring on the global market right now so it just feels on the surface level and and, and please understand I'm, I'm not saying i'm right in this but it feels a bit oversteppy for the government at this point when in my opinion uh and again 100 my opinion i keep stressing this in my opinion uh, the encouragement of investing in uh, manu increased manufacturing in these spaces, uh, education towards how not all uh, 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 fertilizers are bad, that if it doesn't come from a cow or a human or a chicken uh, is has the title organic on it, that it's already ostracized. I think if there was an education effort around that, and uh, that would probably spur a lot more private investment in fertilizer manufacturing. Uh, maybe some uh, uh, prevention or slowdown from the uh, monopolization that has occurred over the last shit forty years that has taken place. You know that seems to make more more sense. I don't know if you know forming uh, 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 the Amos with Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, European Union, and, and the U.S. is the appropriate answer. So, Demay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay this kind of in your lap, and then Ray, I want you to bring it home because I know you're gonna be way more pessimistic about this than than Ryan will, and I <laughs> and I want to honestly leave this topic on a pessimistic note uh, because that's where my mind is on it. And so, Demay, you're really gonna have to swing for the fences here and make this seem like a good thing to me because uh, you know, why I do not think it's a good thing. Why I do not think it's a good thing is what does government touch that typically improves? Now, and I'll go ahead. I'll hedge because that's what I do because I see both sides of it. So I don't, I, I think it's naive to think that you're never going to price in speculation into a market, right? I mean, that's what it's there for. Why do we have futures contracts if we're not speculating, right? So, uh, and if you're not familiar with the, how uh, the futures market works and commodity trading works, it is uh, an even higher stakes gamble than any stock market or any other type of financial instrument that you can use to trade. I mean, the mm -hmm. swings can be fucking massive, massive inside of a day, right? And so, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's big boy kind of stuff, and it's but it's very niche, right? So 
It's not like everybody does it and everybody sits on their E-Trade app and wants to trade, you know, fucking hogs or, uh, you know, corn. I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. I'll let you keep going. But, you know, and this is where I have I I, I read about this, where people think they want to become a commodity trader. They buy a couple contracts. They let it go to expiry. And then they're calling to take delivery on these contracts. And they're like, what? They're like, no, no, no. You bought 30,000 tons of corn and you're going to take it because you Mm -hmm. signed a contract that says you're going to take it. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. And then you're trying to uh, uh, like literally cold call people at ports, uh, at, at barge unloading places and being like, can you do something with this? And then losing their absolute ass because they're like, yeah, we'll do some port, but we're going to pay you 10 cents on the dollar what you paid for that contract. <laughs> so go ahead. Go ahead. Man. I just wanted to point that out that they're no, it's, way yeah. different than the stock market. Yeah, and and that's the thing. So it is a very different space. So when people say that, hey, we're not going to price speculation in the market, or we don't like that, again, it's a convergence of all these factors, right? But it's playing out in real time with, Ray, the the whole point that weather affects it and, uh, you know, uh, geopolitical issues affect it, commodities that go into it, the raw materials and inputs that go into it, machinery, all this kind of stuff, fuel. So it is a it's it's a fool's errand to think that you can pull out the speculative the speculative nature of that marketplace. Bringing transparency, it, you know, I guess it's it's you know not necessarily transparency in prices, but if you look at like what OPEC does, right, where the production of oil is regulated to a certain extent of how much comes out and goes in. It it's a hedge, right? So it's a hedge against basically saying, "Hey, Rick, what we have right now, free market. Everybody does what they want, and you know what? Sometimes, most times, the house is going to win, and the end users are going to get fucked. That's the way it goes. And right now, there's just a lot more fucking, and not a lot of good stuff that's happening. And so, would it would it be good to bring some uh clarity and some um transparency to that situation i think probably quite honestly mm-hmm. and especially if where where depending on where like russia lands and all this whole thing um as far as what they're able to export and everything like that it might help it might help to understand that hey like we've we've discovered in these last oh 18 to 24 months just how dependent uh, yeah we're globalized as a you know agricultural production society however we're very dependent on one nation to another or a couple nations to another or vice versa to make this all work right it's this really really complicated interconnectedness that has to take place and so maybe there could be a system that's just better than well that's the way we've always done it right so i agree that it probably gets fouled up in some way shape or form and other people try to get their cut right and make it something that it really shouldn't be. But the idea and the principle of saying, hey, we got to do better because clearly we're finding not just kinks in the system, but major, huge, psychotic fucking breakdowns that people are having. And it's going to, like we talked about, it's going to kill people. So all that being said, uh, don't be naive to think that it, you know you can take speculation out of the market. That's stupid. Just think about how we can do better in terms of sharing resources, right, and understanding where pricing is coming from rather than just, you know, letting, uh, you know, nutrients say, well, you know, those 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 uh, potash or potassium mines, those potash mines, like, man, 
maybe we'll open those up one day. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, or uh, it depends on uh, what that'll do to the uh, third quarter returns, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, we got to take care mm-hmm. of the stockholders. Yeah, you see, it becomes a problem when a company's duty is to provide maximum returns to the stockholders. And what has happened in the last, I want to say, 50 years or ever since the creation of a stock market is that uh, that system has meant that corporations have become beholden to the stockholders irregardless of the harms that they create by their decisions to society at large. And you, you, you sprinkle in, you sprinkle in the speculation, you sprinkle in the high stakes gambling and what goes with it. And what you see folks is what you get. And do you know why I am not fond of government regulation to solve this? Mm. Ray, we only have we only have about ninety minutes on this podcast, but please. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, the reason why I am not fond of government regulation to solve problems like this is because unfortunately government has been paid for by the very entities creating these problems that's so a good point it, it, it's, it becomes that's a ca- thing it, it becomes a case yeah. of uh what is that fox guarding the hen house i mean that is uh look at our look at our healthcare industry uh yeah. government involvement in that has turned that into a tremendous mess uh i don't want to see but, government but, uh, that's that's not actually mess. okay that's that's a good analog, make though, a because... Oh, make a mess. I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. Yeah, because they, they couldn't get health care right. Do I want government controls then making it so that there's the bread lines? Uh, because, by the way, I do have a relative that grew up in... Cold War Poland and the stories this lady could tell me yikes okay yikes and that is under a government controlled market system yeah it, it, it can it, it has the potential to get weird quick right what, what were you going to mm-hmm. say to me I was just going to say healthcare is a, is, is a decent analog here Although it's not a commodity, right? The idea, though, that you allow the free market to price in profit speculation. Hey, we think that you know hospital fees are going to go up this much, and then you've got an entire industry back behind that, right? Not that the insurance company is that. They're just the middleman. But you've got all the raw material suppliers, i.e. these medical facilities that are just generating metric fuck-ton profits with nothing in their way to stop them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you got right now with raw material suppliers and fertilizer manufacturers, right? And so... Yeah, do you go create a system like and the, and this is where you know 
maybe it has to come into play like this, guys. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But it, it, it maybe it is more like, hey, listen, we need X number of corn, soybeans, other forage crops, whatever, to cover our ass as a country, right? To have enough to feed ourselves, enough for a strategic reserve each and every year. And we're going to develop the Medicare or Medicaid of agricultural programs, right, in terms of you know fertilizer, raw materials, and everything like that, to at least cover that. If you want something more than that, if you want to grow fucking almonds and shit, specialty crops, go for it. That's all pure profit. That's another whole set of circumstances, right? I don't know. I'm just saying that, you know, you either let the train continue to run away down the tracks with no brakes, or you find a common sense way to at least try to bring some transparency to it. The answer will probably lie somewhere in the middle. It's a shady ass business. It's a shady, a shady situation, like what Ray's saying, where you've already got people that are bought and paid for. Here, guess what? There's very few, if any, ways that this ends up awesome for us. How's that? There's a hundred percent. And 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 to you know, and I'll kind of throw fire on both sides of this. Here is uh, in in one instance, you know, you've got like Yara that. Uh, just the cost of natural gas is too high for them to be able to manufacture profitably, right? So, what do they? They just shut down uh, because every ton of fertilizer they would produce would be done so at a loss, and that's due to the natural gas issue that's taking place in Europe, right? Not the same thing we see here, where here you know it's become monopolized would be potash and phosphorus, right? And uh, and so while that's not a raw material issue. This is this is purely just a uh, uh, supply and demand thing that's taking place. You know, it really makes what's going on at home look even worse, especially when you take into account the amount of lobbying that took place to to fight foreign imports uh, from from Mosaic, and you know they are literally raking in cash unlike they never have before. And I'm I'm going to use that to parlay into this next one. You talked about how government was bought and paid for. You know, I always think about uh, Marsha Blackburn, uh, uh, state of Tennessee, who was uh, was bought by Purdue Pharma, and you know, pretty much gave the green light to the uh, to the uh, uh, opioid epidemic that that we face here in Tennessee. <clears throat> here we have uh, Senator Haggerty, uh, also from uh, from Tennessee. Uh, he got he got real mad at the Biden administration. And, uh, you know, somewhat respectfully so, uh, because he wanted to talk about um, uh, Miss Miss Power, who made the comment that we listened to the other week um, that uh, said, you know, would have been basically we were talking about transition away from uh, uh, conventional fertilizers and moving to natural solutions like manure and compost. That would have been in the interest of the farmers to have made eventually anyway and never let a crisis go to waste. Uh, however, she walked back her comments uh, after uh, pressure was applied by Haggerty and said those comments are accurate. And I would definitely rephrase my response to the question that was posed if I could do it again. But rest assured, the chemical fertilizer has been a critical part of agricultural gains that our partners have made globally. In no way did I mean to suggest that we're en route to moving away from programming with our partners using fertilizer that has been so effective in increasing gains. Uh, how any more in power than ignoring the damaging effects of fertilizer shortages in hope of achieving green energy goals in parallel to the administration's previously implying high gas prices are good for forcing and transitioning alternative fuel vehicles would have had, uh, would have damaging consequences. Saying that high prices in fertilizer are good to force a transition that should happen anyway when you're forcing us back into manure compost and that type of thing, that's going to precipitate a catastrophe that will precipitate disasters that will be felt on a global basis. 
And, and, you know, and I, I want to point out here that that part is actually 100% accurate and good for, uh, 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 Samantha power on coming back on that and being like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that that was a bad thing. However, what is a bad thing about it? And we're talking about market speculation here. When that was said, I guarantee you not because Demay, you shared that with me that night, right? The yep. next week, the people I know that are in the trader business, the people I know that are in uh, uh, commodity manufacturing, and I, I don't know a lot of people in commodity manufacturing. I know two people in the United States that are into commodity manufacturing. Both of those people sent that to me and was like, well, where do we go from here? And I mean, it, we're talking about people that have the kind of money to be able to, to, to do major, major things. And, uh, and they, they see comments like that and that shit sits in the back of their head and they stew on it and it keeps them awake at night. And they wonder about how much longer they're going to stay in this business, how much longer they're going to stay in this industry. And it's a weird thing when people I look at as mentors in this space are sending that to me and are suggesting, innuating and follow up phone calls of what's your contingency plan. You're like, uh, what do you mean? Like, I'm still chasing my dream here, buddy. And they're like, nah, hey, you might, you might want to look at diversification. Um, and, you know, with, yeah. under the, the premise that, you know, conventional fertilizer days are numbered was, was kind of their outlook on it. Now, granted, this is two people. There's a shitload more out there. And, uh, and the people that, you know, are, are even willing to, to talk to me obviously aren't the biggest players in the game. Um, you know, these are these are what, what would be considered large to you and I. That is you know, much bigger than like the T and O market. These are, these are ad guys, but they're not Wilbur Ellis. They're not uh, Nutrien. You know, they're not they're they're not that scale of stuff. So, but it, it's still it's it's this this language and this continued language that that continues to be put out that spooks private investment, and that is where when when private investment dries up, that's that's a bad thing. When you're 100 percent relying upon government investment. Uh, which, and I, and I, I think there should be government investment, but do we have any more money right now to shift towards this? Like, what are we going to take money away from to put towards this? And I'm sure there's a shit ton of fat that we can't avoid to be able to put money towards this, but still scaring away private investment, especially right now, when, if there's ever a time in history that pointed to the need to bring manufacturing back within the United States, I, I would argue now I'm not a history expert. I would argue that now makes more sense than maybe any other time over the last 20 years, 30 years, 40 years since we started moving it overseas, that it is most critical to do that now. And this language, this verbiage is spooking the hell out of private money. And that is a bad thing. Yes. I mean, that, that is the, go ahead, Ray. That is just the, key element is I always complain about how industry doesn't want to play in this space anymore and Matt you just gave me the answer as to why it is because industry looking long term they're thinking am I going to be able to continue to do this and remain profitable and remain viable, not when the government is constantly sending over these 
very thinly veiled threats, or no, in this case, a very overt threat, where every crisis or problem gets uh, weaponized and a global problem, well, answer to that global problem is to go totally what I'm going to call Stone Age and forget modern technology, forget modern uh, productivity. We're going to go back to subsistence. End of story. I mean, that's... (laughs) Hunters and gatherers, Ray. Yes, hunters and gatherers and, uh, you know... You want to talk about death? How much death occurred along the Oregon Trail when we were hunter gathering? Uh, yeah, and and not only I can see you killing a grizzly bear with, with your gray. But you know hands. what? I can see. That. I try. It I is, might win is, once, but eventually I'll lose. It is. It is funny how all of the violence. people, or a lot of a lot of the people that advocate for this uh, subsistence existence. You know what? My threat still stands. Let's put their asses out into a forest or a jungle. With nothing, no more iPad, no more, no more smartphone, no more, no nothing, and let's see how the hell they do. Okay, just a bottle, see. a bottle of Astroglide and a flashlight. That's it. No, not even that. Not a flashlight. Screw flash, the flashlight. flashlight. Not even that. I mean, nothing. I mean, you you put them out there bare ass naked, and it's like, okay, uh, this is your existence without modern advances and see how well they do my guess is is first of all they're going to be crying for their mommy and second of all they're going to be missing their starbucks their whole foods their uh their uber eats and all of that other shit that they take for granted oh yeah and they're also going to be first complaint is oh walking is horrible Tesla. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, you know, a couple of things here. Uh, I'll just say uh, her comments, Miss Powers' comments, were terrible. That was the reason we featured them on the show, and I think we did so the day of because they were yeah. just so uh, they were so debased. Bad. Just, just so mm-hmm. debased from reality of the current situation that we're facing. Like, so... I would just say this is like, um, you know, if it truly is a crisis, if you're going to characterize this as a crisis, why is it a crisis, right? You know, um, okay, so if we're going to do that, then we can go back and say, well, hey, a lot of the methods that we use in agriculture, right, uh, vis-a-vis crop fertility and things like that are very much lagging behind the times, right? We're, you know, we're not able to conduct sufficient research fast enough to be able to produce the data to produce the uh, predictability of what we need to do in certain locales, certain crops, certain soils, all those different uh, variables that we have out there. So, you know, on the government side, why, you know, here, here's my question is like, why are you, and this is my own personal view, is like, why are we going to fucking Mars? Why are we trying to go to Mars? And I understand the whole SpaceX thing, and people will probably jump down my throat and say I'm an idiot and all this other shit. I will. But, this is a real fu- no. This is a real issue. Why? Why not take all that money and invest it into research to figure out? Okay, 
are there you know are there better cultivars that we can develop are there other things outside of you know additional fertilizers that we can use right to maintain these crops right and to produce the amount that we need to produce are there better environmental ways and controls that we can do what are the factors of using you know uh, bio biosolids and sludges and everything that we've been using for so long what mm-hmm. like all this sh- I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of shit to unpack there and nobody's doing it we're expecting the free market to do it so here's the other piece of this too is right now free markets has to do the research and the development and the pro- and bring product to market i'm saying hey if you want to incentivize these companies that are raking the fucking money in right now is to say hey listen we'll give you some type of tax abatement tax credit whatever right and you can project that out into the future even if you take some of that profit that you're earning right and instead of paying it back to your shareholders you put that into research product development and trying to actually get some of these things into market that actually work that are backed by the research that the government's funding or co-funding. I'm just saying in, that in, it's got to in, in defense, I will say this, that they did allocate $250 million in grant money towards uh, uh, U.S.-based uh, fertilizer technology manufacturers. So that that has been allocated. And, and of course, you know, we saw a lot of that went to AgBiome, uh, Anuvia. There was a couple other companies I went to. And I think there's still more money in the pipeline. However, I know also that there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of good ideas that will never see the time of day because from a private investment standpoint, nobody wants to privately invest in fertilizer technology or fertilizer manufacturing because it. it is owned by Nutrien, Mosaic, and a handful of other PCF industries, right? And when, when those are the types of people that you're having to play ball against, it ain't fun, especially, especially in the good old boy system that is agriculture, where that is 100 right now, agriculture is still dominated by uh, handshakes and ass pads. And, uh, and it's changed some, but it is still dominated by handshakes and ass pads. And that's just the way it is. Would you give me a hand pat and an ass shake? <laughs> twice. I would do okay. that twice, Demay. I got two hands and two cheeks, so it all works out. Look, if we if we Number, if we've got math, a replay, checks out. if we got a replay, uh, uh, Louisville right now, I'll do I'll do it right here live on the air. <laughs> I'm not scared to shake your ass. This is true. <laughs> the, the, this is no no lie. When I when I left Louisville, I had to go say goodbye to Matt, and Matt and I hugged while he was shirtless, completely shirtless. I had to put pants on to cover the door, and yeah, it was. So we were talking about sewage sludge, right? And uh, and you know what? What, oh what do we boy. know? What do we got, got right here coming up. Uh, turns out, Watch twenty million it. acres of U.S. cropland may have been polluted by PFAS. Uh, PFAS tainted sewage sludge is used as fertilizer in fields. Report finds that twenty million acres of cropland could be contaminated. And I hate that they're calling it sewage sludge. Call it what it is. These are biosolids. Everybody yes. go out there, I, run, look at your bag, and, and see if you got biosolids in it because you could be part of this too. And I don't care if you're class Bio-Nate? A, uh, a, a, yes, um, a huma, huma, humactinite, uh, malorganite, um, you, mm-hmm. you know, in, insert, insert your poison of choice here because Bionite, uh, this is, uh, mm-hmm. this, yeah. shit, this is, this is a real thing. And, and I, look, We've been talking about this not not for a short period of time here, and it's I it's, and to be honest, before I even was aware of of PFAS as, as a thing, 
Um, what I was most concerned about was actually the hormone levels that that existed in uh, in the, the human waste. And of course, you know, people say that through the process of heat and all that, you know, it'll it would render you know hormone levels in, uh, inert and all that. False, false, Matt. False. You know what? I these don't. are all yeah. These are all synthetic estrogen and progesterone analogs. That guess what? They're specifically designed to be extremely stable and bioavailable. Okay? That's what they're, that's what they're for, right? Similarly, uh, a very common uh, anti-anxiety and antidepressant known as fluoxetine, a.k.a. Prozac, you know what I consider that, Matt? I consider that another forever chemical because Fluoxetine, for example, is a fluorinated hydrocarbon. How's about that? Yeah, and and again, another <laughs> one of those things that makes me real nervous. And I and I want to be transparent here that a lot of the data that was used to write this article in the Guardian was generated by the EWG. And if anybody has ever heard of the Environmental Working Group, they are known for being complete and total fucking scumbags. And I mean that in every sense of the word scumbag, they will rewrite the rules of whatever well, it is they talk about to, to, to sell whatever it is they're selling. And a lot of what they sell is their own personal accreditation. And you want to talk about lobbying groups that have come from the organic, uh, from the organic space that is all in Washington. Like we talked about Stonyfield, right? They're the ones mm -hmm. that are big, big money partners into EWG. In fact, I think one of the higher-ups at EWG is married to one of the top execs at Stonyfield, as a matter of fact. And so they created this whole special, you know, EWG. You pass the smell test if you, uh, if, if you, it's not good enough to just be organic. You have to be EWG certified organic, right? And so <laughs> there is a, a, a financial motive here. However, uh, I do think this is at least... Uh, uh, a light should be shown upon this that, you know, while while we're having everything organic in the world shoved down our throats and uh, and, you know, like Miss Miss Power said, you know, we can't let a good crisis go to waste. Well, we may be creating another crisis in an effort to avert another crisis. Right. Uh, and Matt? so we'll say here the analysis can. Uh, where are you going? Right. OK, I don't necessarily call everything quote-unquote organic however i have seen time and time again the blowback created by recycling or reusing what is supposed to be trash okay it is not supposed to be recycled or reused you're supposed to safely dispose of it and make sure nobody ever fucking touches it ever again i mean there's i, I see so many times Things that should not be recycled or reused being recycled because do you know how mad cow disease or Creutzfeldt-Jakob syndrome ever came to be? Do you know how that was created? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're feeding cows to cows, in effect. Well, you're, specific, you're specifically grinding up the spines and brains of animals like sheep and cows and then putting that material back into their feed yeah okay and, and that's and, how and it, 
Ned Cole. And again, created. if we know, you know, if we know that you know human waste is full of Prozac or estrogens or progesterones uh, that are that are designed to be high, highly bioavailable, you know, it makes sense to be a little wary about about going out with this. And what they said here is uh, the analysis conducted by the EWG, which, again, I want to clarify, you can read into them. They're scumbags. is an attempt to understand the scope of cropland contamination stemming from sewer sludge or biosolids. Regulators don't require sludge to be tested for PFAS or closely track where it's spread. And public health advocates warn the, pra- uh, the practice is poisoning the nation's food supply. Um, we don't know the full scope of contamination problem created by PFAS and sludge, and we may never know because the EPA has not made it a priority for states and local government to track, test, and report on. Uh, however, the EWG found Ohio keeps the most precise records of any state and any sludge that has been applied to 5% of its farmland since 2011. Extrapolating that, and this is where it gets real weird into the, into the math world. Extrapolate. This is my, this is yes. my favorite part of the article. <laughs> Extrapolating that across the rest of the country would mean about 20 million acres are contaminated with at least some level of PFAS. Faber called the estimate conservative. Uh-huh. EPA records show over 19 billion pounds of sludge have been used as fertilizer since 2016 in 41 states where the agency tracks the amount of sludge to spread, but not the location. It's estimated that 60% of the nation's sludge is spread on cropland or other fields nationally. Uh, the consequences are evident in the only two states consistently check sludge in farmlands for PFAS contamination. In Maine, PFAS-tainted fields have already forced several farms to shut down. The chemical ends up in crops and cattle, and the public health toll exacted by a contaminated food in Maine is unknown. Meanwhile, the state is investigating about 700 more fields for PFAS pollution. There's no easy way to shop around this problem. We shouldn't be using PFAS contaminated sludge to grow food to feed an animal, uh, for feed animals. And again, exactly like you were going to say there, Demay, the, the, the code word here is extrapolated. How did they extrapolate that out? You know, it's, and that's where shit gets real weird and where I do not trust the EWG. But if they want to bring it up, it's something that I at least feel that is, as fertilizer applicators and how much biosolids has been crammed down our throat for the last 15 years. The last 15 years, biosolids have been crammed down my throat by every fertilizer distributor I have ever bought from. Rammed down my throat. There is no way to avoid it sometimes. And, and, and I, I, I'm not even going to talk about why it's rammed down your throat, but it is. And, uh, and, you know, after a certain point, you, you start to ask questions like, why in the hell is it, is it everywhere? It's literally everywhere. And it, and that and... alone makes me want to look into this, right? It's because, because if it's going to be rammed down my throat like that, I'm already going to be a little bit weary. It reminded me when Celsius came on the market, it was rammed down my throat and then it delivered nothing that it was promised to do. And that was after spending hundreds of thousands of dollars across six branches in, in my corporate lawn care days uh, on, on Celsius. And then only to be caught with our thumb up our ass that, oh, well, you know, it actually doesn't do all that. But it's a good start. It <laughs> offers suppression. It doesn't offer control, but it offers suppression. Demay, t- yeah. talk to me here. I know you, you got a hard on for the extrapola- extrapolation. So, uh, but, w- but is this worth diving deeper than what the ewg projected here do you think the ewg is exaggerating some of this um is it really 20 million acres is it 10 i don't know where's your head at i think it's a clickbait title of an article i think that to take and and say that what we do here in ohio where uh, i i can say anecdotally that uh 
biosolids and sludges have been used extensively over the years. I mean, the city of Columbus, uh, they they run their own program where they do land applications and soil injections of uh, this all around the area. I mean, going out probably 60 miles outside of town. So it covers a lot of ground. And so I don't know that every state and every major city has uh, the type of uh, is operation that they have, right? And then such that in, in private operations for, you know, manure stock and stuff like that, that, that they're doing stuff in, in that realm and space in other states. I just don't know. I, I think the, the thing that really needs to be figured out here is, number one, like what kind of standards do we have around biosolids, right, and sludges that we can sit and point to and say, hey, that's too much PFAS, and then simply saying, hey, you can't use that. So why don't we start there and then go out before we say, hey, there's 20 million, million acres that are just polluted with this. I mean, that's a a pretty far leap to take right off the bat, at least in my view. All right, Ray. Yeah. Bring, bring us in with, uh, are, we, are, we, are we all going to die? Is it going to be this year? Is it going to be 10 years from now? Or are we going to figure well, out a way how to avert this? Well, you know what? Uh, unfortunately... This is another example of a forever chemical. And do you know where PFAS even gets into our waste stream? The way it even gets there is partially because when you have, for example, a fast food wrapper or a frozen food wrapper, the PFAS that's used on that wrapper to make the paper heat resistant and oil resistant transfers into the food. Okay, that's one source. Uh, next source of PFOS is certain PFOS are used to make the fire suppression foams that are used for knocking out, for example, jet fuel fires. And so that's another source. But then a lot of the PFAS that are entering the waste stream come from human ingestion. In other words, people are eating it, and then it comes back out the other end, and it enters the waste stream. And of course, it concentrates because hey everybody gotta go to uh mcdonald's everybody has to uh eat a lean cuisine you don't okay good neither do i neither do i and this gives me yet one more reason why i do not want to consume those things because add pfos to a reason why yeah it's 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 go go ahead to me no, I was just going to say, I mean, this, this for me, this is method acting. I mean, I gained all this weight, you know, specifically for this role and, uh, <laughs> you know, without the lean cuisines and without the McDonald's. So I, I think I deserve a little bit of, a little bit of kudos. <laughs> That's a, that is Oscar a, consideration. a PFOS free endeavor. Oh of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Success. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's something to keep yeah, an eye on as, as we move forward, because the, it's it, it this is not going to go away i promise you this is going to continue to get highlighting headlines and if you're out there and you're using 
fertilizers that have biosolids in it. I'm telling you right now, learn any and everything you possibly can about biosolids. Talk to your supplier and have it tested for PFAS so you completely understand what's what you're working with because your feet will be held to the fire. And if you do not have the data to back up the decisions you're making, then you're just going to be chalked up as another one of those fucking clowns that dances around in the yard. And it's a bad, bad situation. My dad told me, he said, you know, if anybody ever questions the decision, you kick their ass with the data. So talk to your distributors, find out who the, who the biosolid distributors are, demand it gets tested for PFAS. So you know exactly whether or not you're contributing to or avoiding the problem that's taking place right now. Um, the, uh, 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 I want to say I'm, I'm, I tell you what, Jay Pink. Let's talk. Let's talk about this week's sponsor first, and uh, and then we're going to move into our new segment. And uh, and this week's this week's sponsor is going to be is going to be our patrons. Um, for those of you that did not know, when we got to uh, 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 sixty nine uh, patrons, we we were, we were going to start introducing me back into the reality of the world, and uh, we were going to do that one movie at a time, and uh, and we did. And you know what? We're we're scheduling our next one right now. And uh, so we're going to have a movie night where, you know, we're doing a couple, a couple of bourbons. Actually, we're going to do this on Friday, too. Uh, we're going to have <laughs> a couple of bourbons and uh, we're going to we're going to see just how miserable uh, I will be to uh, to learn about about movies. Um, I am again, I, I hate movies. I feel like I, I, I get really depressed after I watch a movie um, because it is uh, I feel like I wasted a bunch of time. And uh, but you know what? I got through Step Brothers okay, and I struggled the first half. But after about my third bourbon, I was feeling I was feeling good, and I started <laughs> laughing. And you know what? Maybe maybe by the end of the day, I will be a normal human again at some point, possibly. Um. So yeah, if you'd like to check it out, you know, look, four bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, however you choose to support. If you like the content that we're producing, and you want to help us continue to be able to produce this content. I uh, then can consider uh, uh, joining at patreon.com forward slash burn return. We're very appreciative. Uh, in that case, gentlemen, let's go ahead and check out this week's Joe Knows Turf. <laughs> Joe Knows Turf! Hi, <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm going to give you a bunch of accurate turf facts today because Joe knows turf. <laughs> Literally, it's going to be our that's going to be our downfall in the Oscars this year because all the other music is on point and then <laughs> we literally have the the hardest fucking cut of any audio file. <laughs> It's magical, yeah. though. There's something right, about Listen, that's just, how Joe would do it to put it out of TikTok. Like, he, yeah. yeah. Joe. Joe. Joe does know turf. Um, there's no question about it. Joe, actually, uh, if you don't know who Joe is, well, I'm sorry. If you do, I'm sorry. Um, but Joe <laughs> asked me last night. Uh, he says, hey, is it okay to spray weeds when it's wet? And I had that moment, Ray, when somebody asks you a question, and you're like, wait, is this guy fucking with me? And then I thought, no, he's he's not fucking with me. He's serious no, right this, now. So, this is an honest question, yeah? It's an honest yeah, question. And, I, and so I was, you know, I, I, I was out with uh with the Norse and I, I, I got a little 
I got a little short. Let me see if I can find. Uh, where is Joe right now? Where is? Uh, <laughs> I like Joe. Oh, here he is. I'm three. Dr- I'm three drinks in right now. I don't have your bullshit. Oh, let's see here. It said, uh, "Is it too wet to spray weeds?" I said, "Yes, it's done. Is it dumb to spray spot spray weeds if it's wet?" Yes, actually, it's not dumb. You're dumb for suggesting it. Love you. <laughs> so then he follows up with, "So don't do it." And then I said, "Wait, just wait." Oh God. So then his follow up question later on was. What do you think of Scott's disease X for preventative maintenance? <laughs> oh, ah. At this point, this is about two hours later, and I was, I was, I was more than half in the bag at this point, and I think my, my response <laughs> here was, use that money to dump gravel on your lawn and put it out of its misery of looking at your face. I love you. <laughs> ah, yikes. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> you know, for, uh, I... I'm not even gonna go down that rabbit. Yeah, rabbit. go, 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 do it. Uh, come on, yeah, come on. I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, but where, I, where I'm going down the rabbit hole is, you know, I, I, I think about how many people Joe has pissed off on Instagram, and you know, <laughs> look, instead of instead of 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 going after him in his personal life and in, in in the real life space, just talk to him like that, you know. In, in, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Everything's he's gonna a be Jersey okay. guy. You can't, you can't go. You gotta level with. You can't go you white gloves. You can't go white gloves. You gotta, yeah. you gotta insult him a little bit so he knows that you're being serious because that's gonna get his attention. And then you hit him up with the knowledge, like, hey, again, put the gravel on the on the grass so it doesn't have to look at your ugly face. <laughs> and he'll be like, oh. So I would say that in a, in in my Midwestern ilk, right? You know, we're very nice people. He's gonna read that. At, you know, where where folks in my area would be like, oh my god. That's so rude. How could you say that? Joe's going to be like, oh, I guess I just shouldn't spray the disease X. Done. <laughs> Over with. That's, that's yeah. what you got to do. The regional <laughs> regionalism of the dialect and, and the communication style is very important here. Very important. A man of the people is Ryan DeMay. Uh, I'll tell you who is not a man of the people, though, is uh, <laughs> this week's Joe Nostarf. And uh, oh boy, this is going to be a radio visual. So I will. Uh, I'll just. I'll just go ahead and and read this. And JP, if you'd like to throw it on the screen, it's up here. It's the. Uh, here we go. Uh, oh, hi, folks. Got an issue, of course. I overapplied metsulfuron methyl turf about two hours ago. Just tossed on the sprinkler, sprinklers uh, since the label says not to apply when rain is expected within 24 hours. Think that's solid? Oh, and I left out the part where I did five grams per gallon per thousand square feet. Uh, I no brained it after boy. using it last year, remembering the five, not the point five. And even 0.5 is a relatively high rate. For those of you that are wondering what the mathematical conversion is here, that would be seven and a half ounces per acre. And for those of you playing along at home, typically in the vegetation management world, uh, and uh, and you know, dear Ray helped me develop this saying, uh, you know, yes. and half an ounce kills weeds, one ounce kills trees, two ounces sets everything on fire. Uh, it's a it's a sterilin at that point. And, uh, and we yeah. took that two ounce rate and you said, you know what? Two ain't good. Let's do three and a half for shits and giggles and just find out what happens. I think they call that I, F-A-F-O. F-A-F-O. Down to the magma. All the way down to the magma. You know what I call that? I basically call that. I basically call that one at that point. It's a bikini atoll. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they did all the, 
where they did all the, the yeah, nuclear tests, right? Because basically, basically, that might as well be that several hundred foot wide concrete dome where there's all of that plutonium and shit underneath that concrete. Okay, that's uh, that's Yikes. what this guy did. At, and okay, folks, you know if there is some kind of a herbicide misapplication or mishap, the worst thing you do. For a soil active herbicide like on Mesyl, is water it in. Yeah. Because that was the one it, where I was like, oh. Because you see, Ugh. old boy there thought that <laughs> by watering in his. Uh, I'll just wash it down the storm there. drain. He yeah. tried to Jimmy Lewis water- it. He really he tried to Jimmy Lewis it. Yeah, yeah. He tried to Jimmy <laughs> Lewis this thing. Hey, that's a fucking and, Jono's turf if there is one. I mean, come on, Matt. Oh, don't, yeah. don't get all don't get all <laughs> sentimental. Don't get all sentimental. About it. I'm not being shy about it. That was a great callback. And you that, know what? That was good. Right. And I, I'm not gonna lie, we've got to feature that on an upcoming episode of Joe Knows Turf. That was no, but seriously, that won our that won our after show. So if you hey, listen, here's a here's a good plug. If you are a Patreon member, you do get access to our after show, which comes on Thursday nights after our Thirsty Thursday show. And we we do a lot of this, but we do it quite a bit spicier. And it's very raw, visceral reactions from all three of us. Uh, I, being, again, as I've described myself here on this show, as being the most compartmentalized motherfucker you'll ever meet, uh, I don't have those types of reactions. But Ray, and especially Matt, well, they just can't help <laughs> themselves. So, where am I? Matt has. Yeah. Like Matt has yeah. literally gotten up to go get a drink. He has gotten up to go take a walk outside of his house so he can get some fresh air because <laughs> he cannot take it. So I implore yeah. you, if you are interested into this segment, uh, we do a lot more of this. And so the 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 connection here is that uh, Jimmy Lewis, and I'll say it on air, I mean, it, the guy did something that was absolutely unforgivable, stupid, dumb, and he half-heartedly admitted it, and it's fine. But this here, old boy, was like, well, you know what? Maybe I can just rinse this down the storm sewer and everything will be fine. The unicorns oh. and the puppy dogs and the ice cream will come out and everybody will be happy. Everything, and, you know, everything will be all right. But instead, you know what old boy did? Made old it worse. Old boy probably ma- made it so that every tree with, roots, with a root zone that extends into that lawn is going to hate him. And I have no guarantee that the grass will even like it because... Two ounces per acre is dirt. Four ounces per acre, which is, by the way, the maximum rate allowed on a non-crop site, is even kudzu dies at four ounces per acre. To give you the idea, Matt. <laughs> this is, and this is what I want to, and the reason why I want to bring this up is, is the part here that I absolutely love is the I no-brained it after using it last year, remembering the five, but not the point five. I have been doing mm-hmm. this for a long time. Ryan has been doing this for a long time. Ray has been doing this since the dinosaurs roamed the earth. And you know what? <laughs> I watched Ray. I watched Ray consult the label for everything we applied to a person's yard here in Knoxville, Tennessee, when we made an application. And I guarantee you, Ray could recite 90% of the label verbatim, and he still checked it just to yep. make sure everything was kosher. Ryan, yep. 
How many times do you end up pulling up a label just to confirm your own suspicion, whether it's right or wrong? I have a browser a browser window that's open right now. It's got like 37 labels up just because I'm okay. exactly. checking shit. I do yep. the exact same thing, and I and it, it's, it becomes habit for people that have been in this industry for a long time that give a shit about this industry. It's what you do because it's and I and I'll tell you what so many things I've learned about products is opening up the label in an inopportune time, like in a in a random time and reading it and being like, I'd never noticed that on the label before. How did I not notice that on the label? You know how many times I've been dr- taking a dump and reading a product <laughs> label and being like and you, that's you pick up so much more information specifically when you're on the toilet reading labels. I don't know why. Oh, at any at, oh, at, at any point at any point during that label giving you a blumpkin did you ever note and say hey you know what i never noticed that this decimal point was in this spot here and not over there did you ever at any point was that entered into your your shitting experience (laughs) (laughs) are you okay are you okay (laughs) I haven't heard the word Blumpkin since <laughs> high school, maybe. And I, I mean, I just had a visual. I just I got a visual that I haven't had in a long time. And I, I got to say, it got me like that. Uh, that drive, that drive. Actually, is doing flushed some work. in the face. I sweated a little bit. I was embarrassed and wanted to laugh at the same time. But I was scared someone might catch me laughing kind of sort of thing. I had. Lean, for you lean into it, brother. Good for lean you. Lean into it. Um, yeah. well, again, c- case <laughs> in point, we bring this up. Always consult your labels. Uh, I, it, I, I pray this guy's soil pH is two, and uh, and that just drops <laughs> the half life of this and erodes we, it into nothing, you know, quickly. But that's not reality. We need nope. somebody. To, I don't know where this post came from, but we need somebody to be like, "Hey, bro, you got any pictures of your lawn? Let's see how it looks." Like, like, I just want to know what his neighbors have because. I'm not kidding. This could be like a homeowner's insurance lawsuit type of situation for real. Mm-hmm. Hey, like uh, some tumors corner shit. I, I've heard of cases where something that the neighbor did smoked all of the nearby trees. I've heard of that, right? And typically, this is like why. I got after Brett Sucks because he was telling people to use a combination of, what was that, Inmazapir and Diuron as a herbicide in a rock garden. God. Okay? I mean, that, that, no, that is what, that. That, that triggered me because I've used both Inmazapir and Diuron and... That makes Roundup look harmless by comparison. Yep. Okay. That makes that makes Roundup look harmless, and he's over, in the meantime telling people, "Here, you put it in your one-gallon hand can, and you go squirt, squirt around all of your ornamentals in the rock bed, and man, it kills the weeds and it kills them good." What he doesn't say is that, first of all, that specific product says not for use in home lawns or gardens. First of all, that's the first thing on the label, Matt. (laughs) 
Well, and, it, and it, if, if we want to talk about methylfuron methyl and its, and its bad history in general, uh, you can always look at Scott's uh, Bonus S Southern Weed and Feed that uh, has atrazine that used to contain methylfuron methyl and doesn't anymore because of Scott's having to shell out, oh, I don't know, somewhere to the tune of a quarter of a billion dollars in lawsuits uh, because of uh, misapplication and what happens when you have such a narrow margin of application safety hey, Matt. product catastrophe does hey, Matt, i yep. remember when for a brief time that bonuses with metsulfuron was sold here in hawaii mm-hmm. Ooh, okay here's what typically happened somebody spread that bonuses on their seizure paspalum yikes because here's the deal, and here's the deal with uh, metsulfuron and C. sharpaspellum. C. sharpaspellum tolerates one-tenth of an ounce to a half an ounce per acre equivalent of the 60 DF. One ounce and up means you have dirt, just like that. Um... While we're in the in the in the realm of turning things into dirt, let's check out this week's burns. Burns. Pumpkin burns. <laughs> That's when you had the uh, ghost pepper wings, and also at the same time, like <laughs> it buys against that. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, real quick. J-Pink, what does John Perry think about us having ghost pepper wings and then getting a pumpkin? Aw. Why didn't it play? Oh, come on. You got you can't fuck me uh, like that. That was so good. Uh, Is it good? Uh, I'll set uh, you up again. Let me know when. I don't know why it's broken, so we might as well just move on. No, 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 no. <laughs> Fine. We need the wave. We need the wave. Get it. I'm not going to miss this moment. I had this picture in my head for a long time. Right. I didn't know it was going to be about bumpkins, but we'll cut this out in the in the podcast. We'll, we'll fix it in post. We'll fix That's it right. in yes. post. That's right. Everything gets Good. better in post. Everybody that's listening right now is listening to the live recording. And, uh, and you know, not everything goes 100% to plan in the live, but you know what? In post, magic happens. Except for we go uh, live to tape, but that's okay. I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. <laughs> yeah. So that is a no to the ghost pepper. Ghost pepper. Ghost pepper. I pepper. would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Mm, okay, so that is that is a hard no, as a matter of fact. The Carolina Reapers are anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. It is a bad choice. And, um, and, and same to the same to the Carolina Reapers and the Scorpion, the Trinidad Scorpions. And, and <laughs> be wary, be wary of the Scorpions when you're getting when you're getting a blanket. Um Tripling <laughs> pesticide penalties gets LAO approval. Uh, the nonpartisan legislative analyst office is advising lawmakers to adopt Governor Gavin Newsom's budget proposal for tripling most pesticide penalties 
for, for pesticide violations. The cap on the, for civil penalties would rise from 25000 to 75000 where criminal penalties could be as high as 100000 The LAO acknowledges that serious pesticide use violations do not occur with great frequency and have not increased for several years, but is believed that enhancing the Department of Pesticide Regulation's ability to deter and correct for serious incidents is worthwhile since some pesticide exposure could lead to chronic health impacts like cancer or reproductive harm. Uh, the office found that the state has not raised most civil and criminal penalties for 30 years, but the governor's proposed increases are well above inflation adjustments, and the LAA reasoned lower increases could still be effective. The proposal would also boost enforcement spending, allowing DPR to hire attorney general's office more often to pursue violations that cross counties. Um, uh, Newsom will unveil a revised state budget proposal later this week and has a month to negotiate a final deal with the legislator. So, and, you know, for, and I actually was talking to <laughs> someone earlier today, uh, and it was, I, I actually kind of jumped down this person's throat, and then uh, they told me after the fact that they were 14, and that's after me saying horrific things to this person. I was like, oh, you're 14? I'm sorry. Uh, but <laughs> my, my argument still stood that, you, you know, oh, even yeah. more so at 14, you know, making pesticide applications is a bet. anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Not to at 14 years old because you're in major violation of the law. And like we saw in our Joe Knows Turf segment, you're a decimal point away from an absolute catastrophe that could be prosecuted criminally. When you are making applications for money, there that you could be held criminally liable for a screw up of a decimal point that leads to a 10x application rate of something like metzelfuron methyl and takes out a shitload of trees. Imagine. If that had been applied across 60 acres of an HOA, for instance, right? And of that mm. HOA that had that 60-acre application, 6,000 trees died. Well, there's going to be a big criminal complaint that's held there because, uh, one, you illegally made the application. Two, you don't have the insurance to support that level of damage. And uh, three, uh, you probably don't have a bond or anything else that you know, you're know you supposed to have in order to hold the license, to hold the charter, to be able to make these kind of applications. So. You know, I'm not, I, there, in my opinion, it, it, me being on this side of the industry, I, 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 I can't really fight this. Um, I don't think I should fight this. If there's anything I should be fighting, it's the other aspects of it, like fighting internally to say, look, if there's ever a time to be on our P's and Q's, we have to do that now and we have to stay that way and we have to do better moving forward. Uh, because you know, we're talking about major fines here. $75,000 is not chump change. $100,000 is not chump, chump change, especially. And then the point that people forget about this is that when you're talking about criminal uh, 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 complaints and convictions here, we're talking about jail time. Jail time is a part of this. And you may be thinking, you know, well, look, I was just getting paid, you know, $14,000 a year to come make this application. That's not life-changing money. Now, all of a sudden, I'm going to have to serve five years and owe $100,000. At Quentin, man. At a decimal point. Like, yeah, yeah, you did. That's what happens when you negotiate for a ghost pepper blumpkin. And, uh, it they're going to they're gonna send what, what send did John Perry say about that? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Okay. And That's great advice. That's great fucking advice. And, you know, $75,000. going to wear that out. That. All is year. Just a, All year. A drop in the bucket because here in Hawaii, I've seen <laughs> fines for major violations. Guess where the fine went, Matt? No idea. Million. 
million, million. What? And yes, million. And the way that it went to million is Jesus Christ. What, That's tough. Well, here's what Hawaii. Oh, here's what Hawaii does to a blatant and willful label violator. They simply turn you over to the EPA. And the EPA becomes the main prosecutor in the case. In other words, your case is heard in federal court. How's that? Uh, <laughs> and, and then, and then you better call Jesse Bousquet, and even he That's may right. laugh you out of the room on this one. Uh, JesseBousquetLaw.com. Yeah. If you are in on the midst of a federal uh, federal charge, there that's not a good thing. Yeah, I mean that's like that's bad, bad. That's that's the federal pound me in the rear prison kind of thing that happens mm-hmm. in that you know, and you don't you don't get the option of whether or not they ghost pepper. What did he, John Pierce say about ghost pepper? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Okay. Um, so pay pay attention while you're out there because this shit is real life. This is real life. A decimal point is real life. Consulting your labels is real life. And when we're talking about real life, that means it can be given to you, the opportunities to enjoy it, and it can also be taken away for a long, long period of time. Uh, speaking of taken away, we talked about this last week, and I think it's important to follow up on it because where they were concerned about making an herbicide application, a selective herbicide application in uh, Lake George uh, in Vermont, because, uh, you know, they're worried about herbicides. Uh, and, uh, and, and if you kill invasive species, what happens if you accidentally take out some of the native species as well, right? Well, um, to, to, to just absolutely shit all over all common sense approaches, what did they do? Uh, the Eurasian MILF oil lives to see another day because the Lake George Association is filing a lawsuit against the Lake George Park Commission over the planned use of an herbicide to treat invasive aquatic plants in the lake. Oh, um, and if you don't sake. remember, we <laughs> w- went through a whole thing here over the Eurasian, uh, Eurasian MILF oil uh, at two uh, locations in the lake. They were talking about using Prochella core to, uh, to make this application. And they had, oddly, a marine biologist on there to talk about what a terrific idea this would be to do this. Um, and then you also had other people that were talking about, um, I can't believe she would say that. You know, in, uh, Boys, y'all can pretend like you're not on this show for about the next 30 seconds here. Just because, and I mean this. Uh, it probably doesn't bother Ray so much, uh, Brian. I apologize in <laughs> advance. Um, just because you have PhD in your title does not mean you are exceptionally intelligent. I want to get that out there. And so, you know, the lady last week that was making this whole argument against uh, uh, using uh, an aquatic herbicide to tackle uh, invasive species is an absolute moron, in my opinion, and uh, and the PhD that goes behind her name. Uh, neither contributes nor takes away from the fact that at the end of the day, she's a fucking moron. Uh, so anyway, that's where I'll lie on that. Um, and, uh, and we, we've got to make up some time cause we went so long on the, oh, yeah. uh, on the headlines there. Uh, let's check out this week's returns. La, 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 I'm sorry. The main good. PhD comments. I know some turf PhD is going to be like. This 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 redneck right here. This piece of we've redneck already checked that trash. box. 
We've already checked oh, yeah, that box. I'm sorry. That did happen to me, didn't it? It did. Uh, and I and I still will not. Well, I'll quasi apologize for it. I'm sorry that I uh, that I hurt your feelings. I'm not sorry for the content of what I said because um, when I did my due diligence, your name was still cited as an author, and uh, and I would have held your feet to the fire in person just as much as I would online because. I am as much of an online tough guy as I am a real life uh, gentle giant tough guy as well. Um, University of Michigan professors apply urine-based fertilizer to grow flowers in the Arboretum. And why did I put this as a return? I have no idea. Uh, I just thought it was funny because we're hearing more and Water more sports. about recycling. <laughs> Not recycling, but pea cycling. Um, and, uh, and so what? I was like, Hey, you know what? They're, they're doing it. And they actually sit here Think of it not so much as recycling, but pea cycling. Uh, did you see the, oh, did you see the other yeah. pun go up a little bit, go up a little no, bit. No, where was the other one? Rather they're putting the pea on the peonies. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Hey, better peonies <laughs> than pee on me's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Harry, how do you feel about peeing on these? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Okay. Uh, okay. Mary, so should negative. we recycle urine into fertilizer for turf grass? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Perry, should I continue to fight with PhDs on Burnham Return? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. <laughs> Perry, should iron oxides be a part of any granular fertilizer on the, on the market? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Alan, okay. <laughs> I feel better. I'm yeah. good. Um, yeah. He's so agreeable. So, here, here we <laughs> This is pretty fascinating. Perry, I was thinking about uh, dethatching with the Sunjo this weekend. What do you think? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Okay. Uh, uh, hey, uh, I was going to sign up for How To with Doc's new Dirt Boost 1.0 because 1.0 wasn't. I would advise wasn't... anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Okay. Uh, I was going to use the uh, Pest and Lawn Ginger's diagnostic tool to diagnose that sedge as disease Bermuda. Okay. <laughs> all right. I think I covered all my bases. Oh, Perry, I was going to rinse out my backpack I and pour it down a storm drain. Anybody who's thinking of doing this, not. Huh? Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I think we win. <laughs> He's just, was, you know, we got a lot of conflicts there, real quick. I appreciate you being on Burn yeah. Return this week. Uh, Perry, how do you think about, you know, the future of, of people, you know, being guests on uh, Thirsty Thursday? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Right, you crossed the line. You went too far. Yeah. You went too far. Uh. Uh, Demay, have you started urinating in the uh, in the steel greens to uh, spice things up a bit on your ball fields? Uh, I haven't thought about that yet, but uh, you know, I'm going to have an empty 35 gallon tote here coming up pretty soon. Maybe I'll to work on that we need to uh you know when they have the uh the jar of like marbles ray on the counter at like some store and they say hey guess how many we have in here you know the winner wins <laughs> yeah. i might do that to see how long you guys think it takes me to fill up 275 gallons worth of piss i'll be well, into that I, you know what days. uh i bet i, I, can don't, I don't know well all that's good all, all i would do is say okay mr Demi, uh here, here's a rack of keystones. Uh, 
Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, between yeah, yeah seriously, the, between the beer and the ice, the amount of iced tea I drink and the diuretic of caffeine effect, like mm-hmm. that, uh, I pee a lot. I do. Well, I enjoy well, peeing. Y'all don't know I, I, because God bless our producer. Yeah, uh, uh, Demay will leave a comment in our group chat. You know, be right back. Got to step away. And Jay mm-hmm. Pink does a fantastic job of masking this. Nobody has any idea what's going I on. I would right? advise because... anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Yeah. Well, he's sorry, uh, sorry you feel that way, John. Go, well, he's got to go tinkle. Not sometimes, yeah, not all the time. Uh, sometimes well, I'm doing On occasion. Stuff. Yeah. On occasion, I mean. Sometimes, but, uh, sometimes but otherwise... uh, you know, the, those Carolina Reaper wings <laughs> reap up and. Well. Yeah. I'm not going to cut this thing well, off. It's kind of. It it is you know it would be uh, never mind I can't say that on air. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you can't tuck it behind the the front of the toilet seat. What else could you do? Oh, oh. <laughs> yikes! Uh, Barry, should you take a shower immediately if uh, if when you sit on the toilet it kind of rubs the 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 wall of the toilet bowl? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not. To. Wait, 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 oh, wait, that's wait, nasty. wait, wait! You should listen. Wash it in that. No, you take if you're in a public place, especially if you're in somebody else's toilet, and not on home field. You gotta wad up a big old piece of toilet paper and stick that under the front of the bowl. Like you need a man pawn in there to protect yourself. You don't do that. You got to. Yes, you have to. I will not go in a public bathroom to begin with. Uh, oh, you, you are such a Nancy boy. You are such a oh, Nancy boy. Demay, Demay. The drive homes from from Owensboro, Kentucky, and Calhoun, Kentucky, of just misery to wait to get home to use the bathroom because all of the gas stations between Owensboro, Kentucky, and Knoxville, Tennessee, are horrifically frightening. John, yeah, would you one use word. any of those bathrooms? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. I got one worse for you guys. I don't have as long a drive, but me stopping off between a customer's house and home to to pee is a no-go because, uh, no, because odds are, guess what I run into? Dogs. I wish it were people. Dogs. People, specifically crackheads. <laughs> okay, hey, listen, don't, crackheads. Talk, don't, don't talk about John, should we make like it that. a habit of running into crackheads? <laughs> I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. You know, listen. I you you have you're going to have to go to some type of like relationship therapist to figure out how to to be nice <laughs> to Sheila's friends. I I mean. <laughs> We we've said everything that we can say on this topic, right? I'm sorry, John. How would you would you like to be our relationship therapist? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Okay, listen. This is how many this is how many uh, this is how many how many what's the rate on RGS to repair a broken uh, girlfriend boyfriend relationship? I would I'm gonna go with twelve ounces. I'm gonna go with twelve ounces per thousand. <laughs> over both people just drizzle them is that is that the same thing as uh perry in this instance should we just should we just paint, paint them black as anybody who's thinking of doing this not to okay, okay. <laughs> this is let's go to the mailbag way way too long that's right 
You've got mail. <laughs> we do. Uh, uh, Perry, should we check out this week's mailbag? <laughs> <laughs> he said not to. Uh, oh, our okay. first one is from M-Tech here, and he says, I'm laying new sod after killing off old Bermuda Rye in the backyard. My question is, is I want to level a couple of areas. I laid the new sod. Should I do that with soil or sand? I believe I've heard you say never lay soil over sand. I did one sand leveling on the old Bermuda and we'll sand level again after the new Bermuda is established. I'm laying Tiff Grand Bermuda. I have a couple areas that will be about one and a half inches, and the rest will be about a half inch. The half inch areas are due to rye clumping. It's not much leveling to do now. Some areas from last year's leveling are two inches deep. I was worried about adding sand on that and then soil in the sod and sand in the future on top. Sand. Uh, Just go sand. Sand. There's not going to be that much soil on your sod. Don't worry about it. You're good. Yeah, uh, Perry, Perry, would you would you use uh, uh, soil in this situation? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. What about <laughs> what about sand from Home Depot mixed with uh, peat moss that you got at Home Depot, and then you made a YouTube video about it trying to sell people on that? Would you do I that? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Thank all these you, good John. ideas, guys. All these good ideas, <laughs> and Perry's just shitting all over it. What a disappointing i feel bad um we've got uh another one here from adam larson he's probably not gonna like my answer uh serious question how do i kill a large pine tree the damn thing drops pine cones and needles all over my property and i want it dead is there something i can dump at the base uh cut it cut down it. that is yeah, the man. most asinine question i've ever heard and what it sounds like is is that it's not actually on your property it's just dumping debris on your property and you want it dead then you need to figure out a way to talk to whoever's property it's on to just cut it down. And if you don't like it, you can cut off the areas that cross your property line <laughs> as long as it does not lead into the death of the tree. So if it's if it has branches that are crossing into your property line and you can remove those branches on your property that are and do so that does not mail. kill the tree, then you can do that. But exactly like J Pink posted up there. This is called chemical trespassing, and I'm not even going to entertain this question because it is highly, highly illegal. And uh, and even Jesse Bousquet is Perry. Would you would you pour something at the base of a neighbor's tree to kill it? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Smart man. Now, the only other thing I'll say is, gentlemen, would you of all species, right, and and types of trees. Would you want a dead pine tree lurking anywhere near your property during a windstorm that goes Hell like no. above twenty? You want to talk about a fucking I don't want a pine rest- tree on my property, General. More or less Listen. a damn dead one. All I'm going to say is if you do this, please put some type of like uh, ring doorbell camera or something because I guarantee within 12 months, your ass is going to end up on fail blog. No question about it. Whole front porch caved in because... The dead pine tree went whoop, boom. Wanted that some bitch and dead. I didn't realize it was gonna fall on my house. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> I hate I hate Auburn. Roll tide. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God. Oh. oh, Harvey Updike strikes again. Uh the next one here, we got Pat. Uh Pat Kelly. Chill oh. out. Oh chill <laughs> out right Pat here. Pat Kelly is my dude. I love Pat Kelly. He's my workout partner, and uh, and and we have a we have a really good time with it. 
And uh, and this is uh, he conducted a mail it three test here, and he asked us to take a look at it and see what we think. And I will say, I'll give I'll, I'll give mine first because I'm already talking. Uh, your sulfur level is just a tad bit low. Your pH is is pretty dead nuts on. Your organic matter is a little high. To be honest, it's going to be you're going to be holding quite a bit. Of I'm I'm, I'm I'm questioning uh, plug prep on that. Yeah, There's no I was way. too. I was too. Yeah. Six yeah. fours is pretty high. That that thing would never dry down. Uh, but he could be in a situation too where it doesn't actually dry down. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it, you know, looking at a phosphorus level of sixty-seven parts per million and potassium at one hundred and forty-nine parts per million, and a little bit low in uh, in sulfur, I would just uh, and you've got the soil pH to support it. I would just apply it. the only thing I'd be applying on your yard this year would be ammonium sulfate and a little bit of micronutrients if you just want to spice up some color from time to time uh just for for grins and giggles but as from a fertility standpoint i'll just apply ammonium sulfate and that's it yeah i i would I, say the exact same thing there's uh from a this is a, an ohio guy uh northern ohio and this is a, a a cherry soil for ohio this is really nice so mm-hmm. uh kudos to him uh well well picked property and also uh a quick plug uh, links in the description below, but this is the first uh, Ryan Nor RX or prescription soil test that goes through, I believe, Waypoint. And Jay Pink's got yes. a link that he's throwing up here real quick. He says, look how pretty it is right there. You get Ooh. you a soil mm-hmm. test right you there. You get a real soil test, as a matter of fact. Not one that just has yeah. numbers and a pretty chart. Yeah. Well, that. And, so and you can you save 10%. like us to do... If you'd like us to do an entire segment on the ion exchange resin test again, and uh, and we can certainly do that. <laughs> and, and to be honest, in the after show, we have watched a lot of the ion exchange resin videos from uh, from my soil lab or whoever. And uh, and and what's funny is in those videos, they actually tell you how ridiculous using their tests in general is. Uh, that the whole premise behind using it is is kind of on a uh, an application by application basis, so you can track movement uh, in real time, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, all things considered, for turf, I could get it maybe in agriculture, especially in high yield agriculture. I could see where that that plays value, uh, but in turf grass, that is the silliest shit I have ever heard. Um, Ray, is there anything about this that you would do different than uh, than what Ryan and I have suggested? Absolutely not. I mean, uh, Mr. Kelly here has hit the jackpot for good soil. I mean, all Ow. all he needs is oh. a- AMS. Stay hard. And maybe even a little bit of uh, soluble micronutrients as needed for a little more color. Although, do you know what I'm envious of for cool season grasses what's they are inherently green because this morning that i was at a horrific lawn horrific and here's what was done to it over this past winter this is a zoysia lawn now it was mowed every week at exactly the same time, on exactly the same day, every week, and every single fucking clipping was picked up. <laughs> and so this person's asking me, Ray, is my lawn going to be okay? It's all, you know, dry and yellow 
and patchy looking. Are you going to be able to get this back? So, here's what I did. Per thousand square foot, one ounce green ore, SP. Shout out RyanOrLongCare.com. Buy my shit. Eight ounces per thousand square foot, 2020. And eight ounces per thousand, UMAX. Hey, <laughs> that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a hot a hot little uh, uh, shit. It and get it. That's what? definitely gonna turn green. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> we got we got a quick one. Flying a little, flying a little green. Yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, last one from what? What's this? What's this? Oh, I saw Busy Bees asked a question in a regular chat. You go. You I, go with yeah, the last and, one first. and I kind of want to talk to him about it offline, and then we can talk okay. about that online if he's okay. talking about buying laboratory equipment to be able to conduct. Oh no, test, no, no, that's dumb. There's, no, yeah, there's no. A, there's a lot of different stuff that goes no. into that, and extractants no. and all kinds of different things. And, no, uh, yeah, that's not something you want just laying around in your house, unless you're me and you've got the table like me behind you right here because you're into <laughs> weird shit like that. And you can't let your kids uh, in here without you being in the same room at the same time. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Um, anyway, Smokinar said, looking for suggestions on technique. I have an aluminum fence, and in the 90-degree corners, a weed whacker or power scissors can't get in there. How do people cut deep into corners without beating up the fence? I have no idea how to do this. Um, I've, I've got limited experience on a weed eater. I've, I've never you know, done it professionally, so I don't know. I've got, you know, we need to clip that quote out. You know what I do? I've got limited experience on a weed eater. That corner is dead. John, should I take time out of my life to become more experienced on a weed eater? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. All right. Well, uh, okay. Should Dirt Matt, should Matt take should should Matt take that uh, semester long weed eater course at the community college there in Knoxville? I would advise <laughs> anybody who's thinking of doing this not to. Just a little adult because, education, you know. It's not for credit, you know. You're just auditing the course. Because my little, uh, you know, lawn grooming uh, detail tool is a little <laughs> one-quart spray bottle with SureGuard and Dyquat. I'm <laughs> right <laughs> now. Uh, is is this string in the line shit going to be on the on the exam? And Tom's saying, "Well, well man, uh, you know, it's it's kind of important, you know, since we're running. Yeah, we here, can but, we uh, we can talk about it after class if you want to. Yeah, we <laughs> probably, probably get you some work on on the intramural fields. You know, if you're worried about it, you know, there's there's always something to do around there. You ever, you ever seen them name? gator blades? You ever see them gator blades just snap on there? I bottled some on TV one time. They work great. Loved them. <laughs> Back you in never find this. I, lost I bought some I lost Georgia it. plugs out of a magazine. I planned, you know, the damn things are still green in my yard. It's, uh, it's the damnest thing I've ever seen. It's beautiful. I, I lost that one eight hundred number. I dialed. I tried to dial it again. It was some phone sex operator. I talked to her for about nineteen minutes. It cost me a hundred and twenty five dollars. I still you know, like the Gator Blades though. Retirement over that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. Let, <laughs> Uh, coming up on Thursday, Thursday, we have John Dorsey of Dorsey Lawn and Landscaping. We're going to be, be sorry to be to here. a business guy, and we're going to be talking about business. So I actually look forward to this. I like I, I like talking to these guys that are uh, that are in here shitting it and getting it, and and uh, you know because for me the the worst part of Furton's Court <laughs> is learning the business aspect of things. 
And uh, so I like, I like to talk about it and uh, commiserate with people, let them know they're not alone. Everything's going to be okay and keep their head up and keep moving forward. So look forward to that right now. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. We are going to head over to our patrons and let them pick this week's show title. We love y'all. We'll see you on Thursday. I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not to do it.